Welcome to the Faith is Not Blind podcast. I'm Sarah Devonier, and we're here in the Washington, D.C. area with Erica. Welcome, Erica. Hi, good to be here. We're glad that you're here. Um, we, we talk a lot about questions and the difficulty with questions, but Erica's story is a little bit about the difficulty that we have with other people responding to the way that we ask questions that can be uncomfortable. And, yeah. and we, we want to help people with that, and we'll get there. Um, but let's back up a little bit and, and talk about maybe before you went through those questions, that, that part of your life, um, which I think is, it's okay if it's a continual part, but be, yeah, before you definitely. got there, what was your experience like in the church with your family in, in your early sort of primary and young women sure. er, years? Yeah, so I'm from Salt Lake City, so I'm very, I mean, predominantly Latter-day Saint environment, um, big wards. There weren't a lot of youth in my ward, actually, but, um, you know, just everyone around me was a member of the church. Um, my parents were, <laughs> they knew their children very well. They knew that we were all very inquisitive. Um, we were all, like, really into academics, very career-oriented, and so we all kind of grew up asking so many questions. And I remember going to church I think I had just graduated primary, so I was probably 12 or 13, <laughs> and I was in a Sunday school class, and I don't even remember what the question was, but it was, something was just really bothering me, and I felt like it just, it really didn't make sense, and so I was raising my hand and asking, and it was, I mean, it pertained to the subject matter of the class, but the teacher just, just shut me down. Interesting. And just, yeah, and said, you know, you really just need to have more faith, um, you know, you need to pray about it. And that was, as a 13-year-old, that was just not satisfying. Yeah. Um, and so I remember going home and asking my parents that question, and they sat me down and, you know, facilitated an open conversation and um, were really able to kind of soothe, yeah. you know, that storm raging inside so, of me. So there was a contrast between how your questions were perceived and received at church and at home. 100%. So yeah. so how did you navigate that so that you felt like you could still go to church and feel safe? Yeah. <laughs> asking um, questions. A lot of times I didn't want to go to church. I mean, I remember I was so frustrated one time at church that I walked out. I think I, I it was like my 15th birthday. And I asked a question, and I just was shut down. And members of the class were like, Erica, why do you always ask questions? Why are you so disruptive? Um, and I left. I was like, fine, if you don't want me in church, I'll leave. And, wow. and my mom um, came after me, actually, and said, you know what? It's, Im it's important to go to church because it's not about them. It's about God. So oh. like, come back. You can sit by me. Um, you don't have to talk to anybody else. We can talk about your questions when we get home, but just like focus on your relationship with God. And so that that was kind of like the motto of my whole and religious experience. It's not about other people. It's about your relationship with God because there are so many times when I felt like almost ostracized by the people in the community for asking questions or for thinking differently or for pointing to something in church doctrine or policy and saying I don't agree with that and here's why mm -hmm. um, and being told that I I don't belong or that I should have more faith or pray more um, so just I guess focusing on my relationship with God and not how other people are perceiving me which is like way easier said than done uh, sure yeah w with the questions too I think 
sometimes the motive for the questions can make a difference. Yeah. And it sounds like you weren't asking questions just to ask questions. It, it, it yeah. was about God, that there yeah. were questions, you weren't trying to be disruptive. That, that what was motivating you to ask the questions? Yeah, I mean, I think it's easy, at least for me, to like fall into a trap of like, oh, I, I know I've studied this more than they have, so let me ask a question to like trip them up and like, <laughs> you know, like get them. Um, but really, the motivation, like if you take a step back and think about what the motivation actually is, it really was just trying to feel at peace with your own religion. Yeah. And, and you know, you're on the street in, in Utah. Everyone knows, everyone thinks they know everything about the church. Um, I had a lot of non-member friends that would say, well, so-and-so is a member of the church and they do this. Mm -hmm. And so-and-so thinks this way. What do you think? And so I felt like I really had to know what I believed. Yeah. And yeah, just trying to figure out what I really did believe because sometimes it was contrary. And and with the, with that motivation of asking questions so that you could get to know your yeah. religion, get to know God better, yeah. how did that make you feel to be ostracized? Oh, it's just heartbreaking. No, it's, it's just heartbreaking. I mean, I remember I, I've always had kind of a difficult relationship with the proclamation to the world and the family mm -hmm. just because when I was and I was in Young Women's and I was expressing to a leader that, you know, I, I really wanted to go into a certain career and I wanted to work. And she, she pulled up the proclamation and said, no, women need to stay in, in the home. And so I felt like my own religion was telling me different things than what my heart was telling right. me and then what my patriarchal blessing was telling me. Yeah. And so it's just like this, this dissonance that's created and just you feel so like you're just not at ease. So there was dissonance between you and other people, but also sometimes what the perceived doctrine was. Yeah. With and with that example, with the proclamation on the family, mm -hmm. what what did you learn that the proclamation actually said? Because unfortunately, what that leader told you is is not what it said. It's her interpretation. Right. right. How did you learn to look? more closely at the actual yeah. doctrine because it would have been easy for you to say well if that's what that says then i'm out of here or i don't i don't want to do that or to have that dissonance continue yeah how did you look more closely to find out so that so that you could find reconciliation between your feelings and yeah the proclamation i mean i it's taken me a while i think to find that reconciliation um for a long time i think i would just shut it out and say like, I don't, I don't want to talk about the proclamation. I don't agree with it. Um, I think years even, I, I struggled teaching it on my mission. Mm. Um, but I think studying it out with the intent of, okay, I, I do want to know what this actually says Good. rather than yeah. studying it out to find the things I disagree with which is so much easier and sometimes even like gratifying, like, yeah, I disagree. <laughs> I get this like fire raging, but, but in the end, I mean, that doesn't lead me anywhere. And so it's not, I think in the last few months, I've been able to study it out and think, okay, what is this actually saying? I mean, the proclamation says a lot about how individual circumstances yes. can change. Yeah, and, 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 it's, and it's right there. Yeah, and then the focus in the church recently about personal revelation mm -hmm. has been huge. Yeah. And especially like empowering women to have voices. And so yeah. I think I'm finally now, I can say I'm at a good place with it where like I can have it in my home. But like there, were, there was a while where I thought, you know, that's just something in church I don't agree with. 
Yeah. Um, but that individual yeah. application is, is so important. Yeah. Um, let, let's talk about how even recently and after your mission, mm -hmm. it has been difficult to feel like you could comfortably be yourself. We, yeah. we talk about applying the gospel to yourself and, and the proclamation talks about individual circumstances, mm -hmm. but what conflicts have you fi found with trying to be your individual faith-filled question asking self in re adult relationships? Yeah. Um, no, that's a great question. I got home from my mission um, and was kind of in that, you know, that missionary bubble that they talk about where like you're just so happy and everything's <laughs> great. And then I felt like my missionary bubble popped pretty quickly when I was realizing that there, I still have all these questions, that the church is complex, that life isn't black and white. Um, and so I, I'm, I attend Brigham Young University, and so I moved down to Provo, um, was living with a mission companion, started dating. Um, a few months later, I started dating a young man who I just was crazy about. Um, I actually, like we would just, we both valued intellectual conversation, we both liked the same things. And I thought, okay, I've never been one to want to get married young, but I mean, if he's the one, he's the one. And so we kind of started talking about our future. Um, but I remember General Conference came around and there were just some talks that I really just struggled with. Um, I might not have been in the best mindset listening to them, um, but there were some things that I felt like didn't match up with my own personal beliefs. And as I was expressing it to him, and sometimes pretty heatedly, he, he just really struggled to understand um, where I was coming from. And I think, I think he just had never come across somebody that, that questioned what the prophets were saying. And it was hard for him to understand that I still loved the prophet and I had no problem sustaining yeah, him. Yeah. Um, but I, I sometimes didn't agree. And so he ended up breaking up with me over that. And that was so hard because I felt great. Well, if if the man that I wanted to marry doesn't even think I belong in the church, like who am I to even think that, you know, like why would I go to church? And so I still went, but I, I think something inside me just kind of snapped where it was like, I, I don't think I belong here. Mm. I don't think I should be here. Um, even people close to me are saying I shouldn't. And so that was, I mean, that was really hard. Um, but I, I kept, I know I kept going. Sometimes it becomes just a habit to go to church and it's what your friends are doing. And, and I did believe it. Deep down, I really, like I do, I did believe it. And so I kept going to church um, and I eventually was able to find my way back to like those simple beliefs, you know, the, the foundation of everything. Yeah. How did you do that without feeling like you couldn't be yourself? Yeah. <laughs> that, that you could still maintain this. My personal love, integrity. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's so hard. Um, I think reaching out to people and being mm. really vulnerable about what I was going through. And when you go through a breakup, everyone's wanting to know how you're doing. <laughs> um, and so people would say, well, why did you guys break up? You were so happy. And I would just explain, well, we just don't view the church in the same way. And some people would be like, oh, is it one of you losing your faith? Like, why? I mean, that, That's interesting that that's the natural response. It, yeah. It's... Well, one of you must have completely lost your faith. Right. Well, there's an idea in the church, and I don't know where this comes from, but like if both of you are faithful, like any marriage can work out. And so people were saying, well, the fact that you two broke up over the church must mean that one of one you of isn't you, faithful. 
<laughs> right. What a nice logical fallacy. Yes, <laughs> yes. And so I would explain, no, I think we're both faithful. It's just that I view, I, I just have all of these questions and I still love the church, but I'm not afraid to to talk about you know the yeah. complexities of it. How did people respond to that as, as you tried to explain? Because yeah. that's a fairly nuanced way of looking definitely. at it. Um, it, it definitely depended. Um, I mean, I got a, a variation of responses. A lot of people were very sympathetic. Um, a lot of people, I think, were, were saying, well, that's you guys never would have been happy anyway, so I can understand why that happened, <laughs> which was hard. I mean, that was hard to hear, um, but yeah, I think, I think it is a pretty new idea. But then talking to people, I realized that there were a lot of people in the same boat that maybe mm. just weren't as vocal about their experience. Did you being vocal help them vocalize it as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I had a roommate that said, you know, I've never thought about these things before until I've, I've met you. And, and I, I realized that the church is a lot more complex than we like it's not just the primary answers and within the primary answers there there's nuance right um and so i, I definitely think it helped people for me to be vocal about it and also helped me kind of heal from the hurt mm. of being almost betrayed um to by feel, somebody yeah and yeah. to feel listened to yeah will you share what happened within that yeah. relationship yeah the end of the story um, so we actually ended up getting back together. And whenever I, I talk about the relationship in that, in that context of this way we broke up, people are always like gassed, like it worked out. <laughs> but what happened was um, there was a change in the temple um, endowment ceremony. And I'd heard about it and I've always loved the temple. Um, and so once I heard about the change, I, I mean, I think it happened January 1st. I was at a temple January 2nd. <laughs> like, I was there. Yeah, there were a lot of people at the temple January yeah. 2nd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what happens. That's great. Yeah. And I went and I was, I just felt so validated almost. Like, here I was hoping for change and struggling with concepts. And then there was change. Mm -hmm. Like, it can happen. And I think sometimes because there hasn't been a lot of structural change within the church since like the 1950s we've kind of been lulled into this sense of no this is how it is this is the doctrine right um and so the fact that there was change was just so validating to me and i i just it was very healing and so i actually posted on instagram and i just posted a picture of the temple and just said you know for years i've i've really struggled with aspects of the church but i'm still here and i love god and i love the prophet and Today, I was really reminded of, you know, how beautiful the gospel is and that we can hope for change and it's okay to hope for change. And so the, the boy that I was dating actually saw my post and it um, really, I think it, it really hit him that it's okay to ask questions and hope for change. And so we actually ended up, you know, getting back into context, contact and talking to each other um, and working through some things and that I mean that was about a year ago and we're we're actually in, engaged now so <laughs> yeah. happy ending yeah well but, and and to know that it, when you think about the restoration mm -hmm. I mean maybe the changes have slowed down yeah. but when you think about the number of changes that were constantly happening right. in the early years and that our church is built on 
change and yeah. restoration. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of the restoration yeah. and, and how wonderful that this relationship could yeah. be restored. Yeah, and, and it, I think it was good for me too to have somebody that hadn't questioned as much because he would kind of calm me down and, and point out my motivation and say, Erica, why are you so angry about this? Let's talk about what about it makes you upset. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I do, I do credit a lot of where I am now spiritually to him. So he, he kind of learned to ask more questions than I've also learned to almost like be okay with having unanswered questions and to continue in the church, which is just a beautiful, beautiful partnership. Yeah, well, and it's funny you should use the word partnership because the proclamation on the family, there's a phrase in there that says, as equal partners. Yeah. And that can mean a lot of different things yeah. based on the couple. Let me ask you one last question. As, as you navigate through these questions, you, you mentioned that with the temple that, that you saw beauty and, and hope, mm -hmm. even with the questions, not despite the questions, but with them, yeah. accompanying them. Yeah. How, how would you recommend that people who have questions even as they ask them, they vocalize them, they can help other people yeah. as they talk about them. How would you recommend that they can have a spirit of hope mm -hmm. even when things might seem Not, hopeless? Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, I had to hold on to the things that I understood. Um, I knew that, that God the Father existed. I, I mean, I had had personal experiences with Heavenly Mother. I had a good relationship I thought with um, Jesus Christ, and so holding on to that and thinking, okay, you know, my heavenly parents and the Savior know where I am, and they know what I'm thinking, and they still love me. <laughs> um, and so with that, that foundation, I was able to go forward and ask the questions. Yeah. But if I, if I hadn't have had that, I definitely think I would have left the church. Yeah. And how wonderful that your mom's advice is ringing true, that yeah. you did make it about God. Yeah. And, and that's what it was about. Definitely. And thank you for your example. Thank I, you. I hope that people <laughs> will feel like they can ask questions and vocalize them. So and too. And find beautiful relationships in the process. It's hard. It's so hard. But when you, when you make it past the hurdle of like the anger and the hurt and you make it to realizing that it's about God, it's, it's a way better place to be. Yeah. Well, congratulations and yeah, keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>